All right. Good afternoon and welcome to Queendom Conversations. My name is Trinae and I am the resident queen and I have guest queens, Ms. Erica with her new baby and Hello. Natasha. How are you? <laughs> well, thank you. We're, we're happy to be here. All is well. All right. So um, could you introduce yourselves to my listeners, please? Oh yeah, I'm I'm the mama. I'm seeing Natasha Richburg, author, life coach, um, teacher, and I'm here with my oldest of four children, Erica Michelle, mm-hmm. and um, we're just like a team. And so, as being a team, when it came to writing for um, Communicate Magazine, I said um, to Coretta, like Erica's story would be an interesting story, her IVF story. And so Erica wrote the body of the story and I filled it out to make a a picture for those who haven't gone through the experience. And what I learned was amazing. I learned that my daughter spent how long trying to get pregnant? Uh, 12 years and 11 months. And she got married at 20 years old and thought that because she said I do, it would happen. And it didn't happen that way. And I just think with this particular generation, and I can speak for you, Erica, Mm -hmm. the word shame doesn't have anything to do with it. I think for my generation, it was more of a shame. She was just trying to figure out how to make it happen. Well, for me, it was more of, I felt inadequate as a a mother or as a woman, because the one thing I wanted to do in life, I wasn't able to do. So that was very, very frustrating. But even in my frustration, I never stopped trying. Like I always tried to figure out a way, you know, I had to do IVF, IUI, um, give different injections and take different pills. And so it was, it's been a process, but I'm thankful for my blessing. It's nine days old, so I wouldn't have it no other way. Right. So what's the difference? Because you mentioned IVF and IVY. So just in case you like ladies, um, queens, aunties, mama and them didn't know what we were talking about. We we're talking about IVF, um, mm-hmm. having a baby um, through science. That's what I would call it. Yes. So what is the difference between IVF and IVY? So IUI is interuterine insemination. So what you do is um, you take hormones to stimulate your eggs and produce follicles. And then you go and get your eggs. um, No, you go and get your um, eggs produced more. And then you have your husband get his sperm washed. And then they take a catheter and take his sperm and put it directly into the uterus. So it kind of takes out the process of having intercourse and just make trying to make the egg meet the sperm that way. And then IVF is um, in vitro fertilization, and that is when you get your eggs retrieved, and then they put your husband's sperm or your partner's sperm in the egg inside the Petri dish. They create embryos, and then once the embryo matures, then they put that embryo back inside your uterus as if you was conceiving naturally. And then you wait five to seven days, and you take a test, and it's either positive or negative. And one unknown that I didn't know, when the embryo was put inside of Erica, I was considering that day one. But how old was the embryo? So at the point of of transfer, the embryo, or I was considered 19 days pregnant at that point. So the day her pregnancy test was positive, she was 19 days pregnant. So I was off by 18 days. 
in the county because I just didn't understand that part of the process. Huh. So let's go back to something because this is <laughs> um, sperm wash. What's yes. that? So a sperm wash. So, you know, it kind of gives the sperm the, the best chance to meet the egg. So you go in. Well, when I did it the first time, I went into an outside facility and he would go ejaculate in a cup. And they would just take it and wash it with some kind of solution to give the best. So you know how like not all sperm is, is straight, not all sperm is, you know, so they kind of like make it the best option. And then once you once they they wash it, then you put it inside of a, a little cup, like a urine scan sample cup, mm -hmm. and you have to keep it warm. So I would put it in between my breasts and then I would take it to the, the hospital so they can inseminate it. But they just wash it just to give it the best chance, like the debris and stuff. So the little that I know about um, in retro, I just assumed that they were the same. So in my mind, the way that I was thinking of this was those two different, two different IVF and IVI, they were the same. One was a part of the process of the other. Yes. No, they're different. And so most of the time, um, some people are able to conceive through IUI. Like all you need is just a little extra medication. You need a little bit better timing and then you can have your baby. For me, I don't have fallopian tubes. So the only way that I'm able to conceive is if I did IVF. But it took me a, like 10 years to figure out what the problem was because I did IUI and IVF in 2012 and nothing happened but in 2017 i went to see a specialist and i was leaking my um my tubes were leaking into my uterus which was causing a toxic environment for the sperm and so the doctor was like because of this toxic environment that's probably the reason why you didn't get pregnant a while ago so he removed the tubes and he was like you'll be able to get pregnant you'll just have to do ivf so that was in 2017. And then, you know, IVF is very expensive. So I was like, how am I going to afford this? You know, I, I have insurance, but it's still expensive, but I kept trying. And then I worked for a company where the fertility coverage is very affordable. And that's how I was able to have, you know, my blessing. And just think, Erica went all of those years and she, nobody with all of those internal procedures, that's how much of a science it is, even knew that her um, fallopian tubes were leaking. Mm -hmm. But she went to a specialist that was in her particular um, healthcare provider, and that's what he did in, at Johns Hopkins University. And she thought she was going in for exploratory, but when they went in and they found it, and they came back and they told me, and they said, oh, she, got rid of the tubes, but she will get pregnant. That's I'm like, confident. really? He was so confident. I said, she will. He said, oh yeah, you need to do IVF. And you know, I don't even know how IVF, IBS. I don't, you know, I didn't know, but he said she will get pregnant and he was right. Yep. Okay. <laughs> you all are hitting me with some stuff that maybe I was knowledgeable about, but I didn't know. I just, I, in my mind, those were all the same. So no. what, what is what were leaking tubes? What is that? I understand. They're, 
So Pro there's a name for it. I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but it starts with an H. Okay. And it's, a, it's, it's something where the, the tubes leak. They just leak into the uterus and it's a it creates a toxic environment. So no matter how much medication, how much time, you know, the right timing to um, get everything together, no matter what you do, it just wouldn't work because the egg and the sperm wouldn't live. It would die. And in Erica's article in Communicate Magazine, we had the name that we both can't pronounce in the definition of that that she had. I had to go to the science dictionary to write that article. Thank you very much, because there are some big words in there. I didn't even know we had all this stuff in us until we did that. And another thing that I was blessed to do was I got that because I overstimulated. So I have PCOS which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. So instead of creating eggs, I do have cysts. And so as a result, when I went to do my retrieval for my fresh transfer IVF, I had to end up doing a frozen one. And I was very sad because that was more money that I was not trying to spend. <laughs> but luckily my mother was very, very, you know, mm -hmm. she let me, she gave me the money to, to um, freeze my eggs. From my slush fund. <laughs> And then my doctor, I, I asked about clinical trials. So as a as a part of a clinical trial, I got to get my endometrial lining. I got to get that biopsy. And I also got to get my embryo tested. So with that, with those two combinations and the frozen transfer, I do equate that to my success. Because if I would have did things my way, I still probably wouldn't have been conceived because I only had four embryos. And out of those four, only two were good, were, were normal. And they were what? Double A? Yes, they were double A grade, which is the best. And I didn't even know they had grades. So I learned that. So let's go back. <laughs> let's go back before because um, recently, Gabrielle Union, her daughter will be two. Mm -hmm. And that was when more so, although it's been around forever for more mm -hmm. since before. It's been 40 years. Right. Yeah. So, so it's been around for a long time. It just became, um, people just started coming to knowledge of this in our community more recently. Um, Angela Bassett was not able to have children and her twins are adopted. Mm -hmm. um, we, everybody knows about Gabrielle Union and even, um, First Lady Michelle Obama, she spoke right. about her daughters um, were not, hers were not, um, she did not deliver them, she didn't ha have them through normal means. But mm -hmm. now this is possibly the new normal because there are a lot of women waiting until older to have children. And when you wait till older, um, you risk having um, something possibly wrong with your children. Yeah, your ovarian reserve diminishes. So once you get to 35, that's when you consider geriatric and then your chances, you know, decrease with age. So. Right. So my sister, she was, she'd be mad when she hears this. So she was geriatric mm -hmm. um, when she had her first child. Um, and she is now, next month, she'll be, be 13, 14. She she's going to high school and then oh that's she, awesome right so but she also has now a four year old okay so yeah so Maya be fourteen so they're ten years apart she was mm -hmm. she had children um she was fortunate enough to not need to have any medical procedure but 
young women as such as you are a young woman. And there are other young women who aren't able to conceive. Mm -hmm. Did you feel some type of um, stigma or feel um, less than because you weren't able to conceive? um, Yes, ma'am. I was 20 years old when I got married. I was an infant teacher. I saw babies and pregnant people all the time. And it really, really, I, it really, really hurt my feelings because the one thing I wanted to do in life, I wasn't able to do, you know? So it's like, you can, you can plan and you can hope and you can wish, but it just didn't, it wasn't working. So yes, it was a very sad time during those times, but I always had, my mother always had hope, even when I didn't, she always had hope that I was going to conceive and it was going to happen. And I was like, it's not going to happen because it costs too much or it's not going to happen because, you know, it's just not happening. Why is it not happening? Every month was a bad month. I would cry. You know, I didn't want to get out of bed. It was just, it was hard. But it was going to happen when it was supposed to happen and when it happened. And then if you could do the dictionary of when you had a baby, everything that could go wrong went wrong. That was Erica. Yeah, I had a, a hard labor. <laughs> but I think because she waited so long, even though it went wrong, she was happy. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm one um, year from it, being Jerry. It, really, it was really a fruit of, um, fruit of your reward, literally. Yes. Um, like I really stay consistent with, you know, trying different things and seeing different specialists and, you know, working double, triple jobs just so I can save two pennies, you know, like it just wasn't, it looked like it was never going to happen. But like I said, my current employer, the the insurance is just wonderful. Like I'm very thankful. Like my prescriptions, they cover up to five thousand dollars in my prescriptions. My deductible for the procedure was only six hundred dollars. Yeah. So my first time that I did IVF, it was seven thousand dollars. But that's because my ex is in the military. So they gave us all the medication, but we had to pay for the procedure. So then when it didn't work, that was seven thousand dollars down the drain. Now mind you, there's some people that spent a whole lot more. But it was just, you know, when you're poor, that's a lot of money. So, yeah, it was a lot. So, how old were you when you actually had the little one? Uh, I just had her nine days ago. So, I'm 34 years old. Uh, Yes. And so I am one year away from being considered geriatric, but I had a good, I had a good pregnancy with the exception at 30 weeks. Exactly. I started swelling. So like my feet and my ankles was very big and heavy. And then when I went to um, get checked in in the hospital, my blood pressure um, was elevated and I've never had high blood pressure ever, but that's what we got to take you. We got to go now. And then you know, because of my contractions, it was crashing the baby. Then I was crashing, so we had to do an emergency C-section. Uh-huh. So yes, it was a lot, and I was calling on Jesus because it was hurting really, really bad. Like I felt them stabbing, and they asked me, like, "Are you are you in pain or is it pressure?" I was like, "I know pressure. This is pain." So, but you know, we got through it. She had to go to the NICU because she um breathed, she pooped in the womb, so she had to. The whatever that stuff is, that's what with M, and so they had to get that out. Yeah, so they she was in there for just a day, and then we got discharged four days later. So, so you're looking at your nine day old gift and dream. Yes, my dream in reality has come true. Yes. So when you look at this little baby. I love a baby that belongs to somebody else, though, because <laughs> <laughs> that's, 
up there, much my baby is 21. <laughs> I got grandchildren, and you know, that's a different kind of child. Mm -hmm. Look into the face of this new little shiny dream. What do you think about? Um, I just think about the future, you know, it makes me sad the, of the times that we're currently in, but I do believe that we will have a better future when certain people get out of office. Um, I just want to let her fulfill her dreams. Like, you know, whatever it is that she wants to do, I want to be able to be there and encourage her in the same way that my little twin right here encourages me. She calls me her little twin. She's my little I'm the tallest. She's my little twin. I am the tallest. She's my little twin. The little twin is the shortest. Let's keep that in mind. She's my little twin, one, because we look just like, and two, because she's shorter than me. She's just in denial. Mm, she's in denial. <laughs> I let her think what she want. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> so, I can imagine at 34, some of your friends have already had babies. They already oh, started yeah. having kids. Um, and when you look at where they are um, in the motherhood journey and you're just new, I'm going to say enjoy that little baby. Because oh, yes, before, before you know it, They'll be a toddler, mm -hmm. and, um, the next stage, and then preteen, and then teenager. How do you how do you picture that? Do, do you, I know it's kind of early, but I know when I have my first, my daughter is I have two sons. It was just something special about having a girl, mm -hmm. knowing that there are girl things that you have to, that you wish to do with her. You, I don't know about you, but you cook. Um, there are things, special things that you want to share with your daughter. What do you imagine sharing with your little miracle? Well, I'm, I'm very thankful that she is a girl because I can teach her everything. It's not like I'm like, oh, I need a male's perspective. I got this. So like everything that I've been through, I want to teach her like, okay, this is how we're going to get through this. You know, just to be that, that role model, you know, so I'm looking forward to helping her navigate life and making better decisions that that than I've made. Now she might not listen, but I still gonna give her the advice. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. So what um, the procedures that you went through to have um, Little Miracle? Mm -hmm. um, that's what I'm calling. <laughs> yes, she's a little miracle. The procedures that you went through to have her. Or the sim everything that you went through, was it based on something, a medical condition? Was it something inherited? Was it something all of a sudden? Or do they not know? Start with your weight loss surgery. Well, okay. The different. So when I first started, I was 20. So we started out with time intercourse, you know. So I took Clomid. And then we would for five days, and then you know how you you ovulate between between twelve and fourteen days. So then you just go have sex and you just pray for the best. So we did that for six months. Nothing worked. Then I went back and I had a laparoscopy just to make you see what was going on inside. And that's when they found out that I had PCOS and endometriosis. So I had scar tissue and stuff. Then I had an HSG, which is they put dye through your fallopian tubes. So my Left fallopian tube has always been blocked my entire trying to conceive journey, but my right tube was fine. So then um, that's when we did the IUI. So IUI, I did four of those and they were all unsuccessful. And then it took six months to save the money to do IVF for the first time. That was 2012. So we did it. 
but we did but the protocol that they did back then wasn't the same protocol that i did this time so like last time all they did was they retrieved the egg they put it with the sperm and they put the embryo back inside me but i didn't take any kind of injections or supplements or anything to sustain my uterus Right. So I believe that, and along with the fallopian tubes, that attributed to it being unsuccessful. So then fast forward, what we at? Seven years later, I did um, IVF again, and I went through Shady Grove. They give you a whole checklist of everything you have to do. So I started in January. In April, I had polyps. They found three polyps inside of my uterus doing a saline sonogram. So a saline sonogram is they just take saline and put it inside of your uterus and just to see what's really going on. So in April, I got those polyps removed. And then in July, I went back to make sure they were completely gone. I did another HSG because they wanted to make sure that um, when he removed my tubes, that they were severed, like there was nothing else hanging, lingering, or anything. So everything was clear. I was good to go. So then in September, I started taking birth control because that just regulates your hormones. And then you start with the the um, injections of Gonof and Menopure. So that stimulates your follicles, and you go every day or every other day to make sure that they're growing and your uterus looks good, and everything looks good for the time when you transfer. Then I had my retrieval, and that's when they found out I overstimulated. Like, your hormones are supposed to be, like, in the 3,000 range. Mine was in the 8,000 range, and he was like, no, you can't do it. So then I stopped um, um, the medication, and I just took Gatorade to take the swelling and everything down. Then I did the ERA biopsy, which is when they clipped a piece of my uterus, just to tell. Because some women need an extra shot of progesterone, like, they need extra hours to ferment and in other women they don't so if they do the standard they would just do the five days you do your injection and then you do your transfer but me i needed an extra 10 hours and so i got that um i had 35 eggs retrieved 28 were mature 16 were fertilized and out of that only four went into Free, being able to be frozen. And out of those four, only two were normal. So if you do have, you know, um, eggs and you don't get them tested, if your egg is abnormal, you will not conceive. It just, it can't, it won't implant. It won't be like a Down syndrome. It just won't work. It'll just wash away. So then once I got the embryo implanted, um, I started testing two days after my transfer and I have a group of uh, women that did IVF with me. And so they got their positives um, at four days. So when I didn't get my positive, I was sad and my mom started praying. And so then at seven days, I got my first positive ever in life. And that was November 29th, 2019. And so me as a bystander, anybody I would suggest if you, I know you might not have the money, but if you can get your embryo tested, please do because they grade them as well. Mm -hmm. And so if Erica wasn't in the clinical and was able to get them tested, she would, she might've picked ones that weren't at the top. Yep. And so that makes a big difference as well. You know, so, you, that, that's, that's a time not to look at the money. Yeah. So when, and so I'm a part of different support groups and I always like when some, cause like I went in when I had my surgery to get, to, to get my insides explored. I did not go knowing I was getting my tubes removed. So there are some women that go into surgery knowing that they have to get their tubes removed. 
And I always say, if you have to get it removed, it's the best decision because it can prevent you from getting pregnant. So yes, it's a sad situation, but it also gives you your chance. So me, when he took my tubes and I found out two weeks later, I was sad. But, you know, people are like, oh, that's malpractice. No, because when you do your surgery, you can send for them to take, you know, do what they need to do. So I wasn't upset. I was just sad that I felt less, more or less of, of a woman again. So were there any medical conditions that were a contributing factor to um, your difficulties? Yes. So because I have PCOS, losing weight is very difficult. So in 2014, I had weight loss surgery. Now, I was only 237.1 pounds, but for my height, that's a lot. That's very big. And so um, I went to my primary care physician and she was like, well, I was ready to starve myself because I was eating right. I was exercising. And if I ate anything, I gained five pounds but I couldn't lose weight. And so she was like, well, have you considered weight loss surgery? I said, no, tell me about it. So she gave me, I went to an orientation. It was between the bypass, the sleeve and the lap band. I didn't like the lap band because you put the band in and you have to continually go and get it tightened and released. And it was just too much maintenance. And I didn't choose the bypass because they actually reroute your intestines. And I felt like that was just too much work. So I chose the sleeve where they took a, my stomach and they cut 80% of it off. So I only have 20% of the stomach. At 18 months past my surgery, I lost 100 pounds exactly. I look like a bobblehead, so I had to gain weight back. So like a good weight for me is like 145, 150. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm trying to get back to. But yes, the PCOS did contribute to my weight loss, which I mean my weight gain, which contributed to me not being able to conceive as well. So, so and some people they have PCOS and they're skinny, so the weight isn't a factor, but the PCOS is the the problem. Hmm. Yeah. So when Gabrielle Union spoke about her journey to have, I think the little girl is Kiva. Mm-hmm. How did you feel? Did you feel like? man, it's about time somebody is talking about this. Or how do you feel with with that whole thing? I don't know. I mean, I really didn't. I thought it was nice. I thought it was nice that she was able to have a surrogate. Because surrogacy is is a part of the the community as well. But again, that's more for the rich and famous because it's so expensive. So, you know, the fact that she was able to finally have her dream through a different vessel, I thought that was wonderful. And, but, that, and so for me, as a mother, I read Gabrielle's book as well as First Lady's book. So I'm very familiar with both of their stories. But the difference between their stories, because they have money, Erica got a job with great benefits that made it affordable for people who make $12 an hour. That was the difference. Yep. And I said, God got you to that job. Because the other one, I was like, don't quit it. Don't quit it. You know how mothers do. Don't quit it. And then when she got that job, thank God you got that job, girl. <laughs> thank God you got that job. So that job helped her to realize her dream in that regard. And so insurance is everything. Mm-hmm. It's just not, not being able to conceive. 
look at your insurance policy policy think about the employer with policies because some are really like her being able to take off you know they really make it possible to have your family yeah 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 so we are at 34 years old mm -hmm. a 12 year journey yes to having this baby with your peers around you, mm -hmm. just having babies, having babies, having babies, because I can imagine that's how I would feel as my peers were having babies, having babies, having babies. What would you say to a younger version of you that realized that this baby dream, this family dream is not happening? Because there is somebody that's like you um, out there. You aren't the only one. Mm -hmm. What has this experience taught you that you can teach or tell or support another young woman that was a younger version of you? Um, it's taught me patience. It has taught me, you know, I'm very controlling. Mm -hmm. Very. So mm -hmm. it has taught me that I'm not in control. That's a controlling twin. I'm very controlling. Like, mm -hmm. I like things to be like how it got to be in time frames and limits and everything. Mm -hmm. So the fact that I had no control over this, it really just taught me patience. Um, because there are so many different avenues that you can, cause like, okay, I was in a support group and one of the ladies has like a genetic disability or something where she physically might not be able to have her own egg. She will have to have a donor egg. So I asked her, I said, what is more important to you? Being able to carry your child and that child here in your heartbeat. And when that child comes into the world, it's yours or the bio biology. Me, I didn't care about the biology because I've always been a parent. I've had children since I was 12. I've been a babysitter. You know, people, I've had lots of influence over, you know, young people, infant teacher, toddler, you know, preschool. That's my background. So to be such an influence in all these different people's lives, but not have my own that's when I was like, I have to really stick with this because I want my own. So you just have to be open to the journey. You can't be stuck in your ways. And if you are going to be, if you are going to be stuck and it doesn't work out, you just got to be like, okay, I tried everything and it's just not meant to be. But with the way that um, technology is and in advanced uh, reproductive, reproductive technology is, You'll be able to have it. You, it just might not be the way that you thought it would be. Right. And if you have the pam family support that can help you financially, and that can be a help because there were times when Erica said, oh, we just need, I'm like, oh, let me get it. Yeah. You know, so because other things come up, but Erica was blessing some of her friends are on their third children at the same time she had her first. Yes. Me, so, me and my best friend, we, we had our baby, well, we was due a day apart. And so with this, that was her third baby, and this is my first baby. <laughs> but even though I'm not a mother, biological mother, I'm a stepmother, I'm a foster mother, mm -hmm. and I've parented a lot of children. Mm -hmm. So I've had experience. So even though this is my first baby, she ain't my first baby. <laughs> <laughs> this ain't your first rodeo. <laughs> so, you know, and I've always wanted to be a parent. You know, I want to, you know, instill values and morals and you know i don't want to just have a baby and be like oh she's so cute no i want her to be the best person she could be and she can contribute to this world and be whatever she chooses to be and i support that 
So that's what I'm looking forward to. And she has such a good personality. Oh my God. She's so chill. She's chill. This baby is chill. And she's chill. laughing. I'm like, what are you laughing at? So she's, chill. she's just awesome. And I just look forward to seeing every day, you know, how she changes and develops and grows. And that's one reason why I said to Erica, we needed to write the article and then we're going to write the book because the book is hope. Yes. Because this this woman, she's been through it all. All of the stuff that she has, including weight loss surgery that she needed to take. People who, a lot of people don't have to do weight loss surgery. So she knows how that journey contributes to this. And the good thing about having that little stomach, even when she was pregnant, she couldn't eat a lot. But that, what's that OCP that you have? It's still oh, PCOS. PCOS still made her get bigger, but that weight is falling right off because she only can eat little teeny bits. She can't eat a lot. So that's helped too. She's so happy. I'm very happy because I, I mean, I was big. Oh, yeah, I was she like, was big. I was Ooh. like, I look like my 600 pound wife. I need to get this off. <laughs> my legs were so heavy. Oh, my God. Big. She was so big. I'm happy that it is falling off and I will be able to get to my goal of 145, 150. And I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> she was big. <laughs> But she did only eat little bits. Yeah, I didn't eat. I didn't eat heavy. I didn't mm -hmm. eat crazy. I made good choices, and I still gained sixty-two pounds. And I was just like, "Oh, but how much have you lost in nine days?" So far, I've lost thirty-two pounds. So yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's only been nine days. <laughs> so, do you bottle feed or do you nurse? Well, well I wanted, to, I wanted to um, express milk, but I have no milk. No milk has come. So she gets um, ready to feed formula okay yeah reason why i was asking is because i nursed and i went back down to a size four um after my last baby yeah so i really wanted to nurse just so i can you know give her the nutrients as well as get my body nice and right but not a drop of milk has come and like i would be pumped with the electric pump nothing was coming so oh, wow. i don't have, but i also knew that was a op because i had pcos that also was a uh that would have been a, it could have been a hurdle. So either I wouldn't have no milk or I could have an oversupply of milk. So I just was one that didn't get none. That is so interesting that that even affected yep. um, milk development. Yep. That's why it's really good for when you wanted to have this conversation because Erica has so many things wrong. She, she, she comes to an audience of people who might only have one of those issues. And she can, they can see even with all of those issues, it took a long time, but God got us to this point. Mm -hmm. What part do you think your faith played in oh, everything? Yes, my faith played everything. a big part in it because everything between <laughs> Hannah in the Bible and Sarah in the Bible, they got me through because I was like, okay, if they can be buried and have children. I could do it too. I don't know when, but I, you know, I, I was not trying to be like Janet Jackson to be 50. No. I, my cutoff was 40. Like I was going to keep going until 40, but you know, I believe that if I can, I will. So I, that, that Hannah and Sarah got me through. <laughs> um, I, first, I first thought about Hannah and how she um, prayed. Um, so for me, Hannah means a lot of things. Hannah mm -hmm. is perseverance. Um, not just with child rearing, but she had to deal with bullying of that other other wife, and yep. um, and she persevered by through not only 
bearing children, but she just persevered everything. And she had a level of desire and commitment that was, um, to me, supernatural. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's true. That's true. Yeah, it's, it's, rough. it's rough for the family that's on the outside looking in. So that you- was the next thing that I was going to say, um, because as a parent, you want to do everything that you can for your kids. You see something wrong, you just run around and kiss your little knee. And um, <laughs> it's going to be all right. You want to give hugs and you want to be the best cheerleader. But this was not something that you could cheer on to make happen. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your role in supporting Erica through this this Oh, one of the things I definitely have a prayer wall. Yes, he does. And I have that's one of my prayers up there. And and God has blessed all my prayers to come through. And I also do a vision board and I have it in my vision board and everything that God has blessed me and everything on my bridge. I was looking at my prayer wall up there. I said, I got to write some more stuff <laughs> to put it on up there. And so and then I would just never stop being positive about it. Never stop supporting. I mean, just being there for Erica. Yeah. And even though sometimes you know how young people can get go to the wrong place. No, no, bring it back. Bring it back, sister. It's not that. It's this. You can be sad, but okay, we we, we yeah, gotta we gotta stay focused. Every time I would get sad, she was like, It's gonna happen. I was like, But how? Yeah, we just how gotta stay focused. And she was like, when she took a little peed on a stick, everybody's got a line. Well, he told you don't pee for seven days. Why are you peeing too? Why did you pee in too? It's gonna happen, you know. So just being there and being patient. And then, you know, even it was a lot of scares through the pregnancy, you know, the bleeding that happened, running to the hospital and the baby just alive, kicking, swimming through, swimming through. We think something else is happening. We go and the baby's like, why are we here? And so it's just like everything with COVID, you know. And so when she went into labor, I packed the bags. I said, I'm taking you to the hospital. Doctor, don't send you. And I spent the night, all four nights in the hospital with her. I'm like, I'm not leaving here till a baby is born. <laughs> you know, I'm in it to win it. So just knowing that somebody's in it to win it, just in it to win it. That's what people need to know because nowadays people are so envious and jealous and catty with each other. You just need to know that somebody's in it to win it. They want you to win. And I'm just, I'm just, I want you to win. So how was it having a baby during COVID-19? Oh, my. Oh, well. Goodness. For me, because <laughs> I am, you wouldn't believe it. Tell her where you work. I work at a hospital. I work on the behavior health unit. So my unit was the most safest unit because once I got on, you know, nothing was coming in, nothing was going out. And anybody that came on the unit, they had to have a, a COVID test before coming up. So as far as I was concerned, I was very safe and I'm kind of sort of antisocial anyway. So I like the fact that I had I had to, you know, go to the doctors by myself and, you know, do everything kind of by yourself. By yeah. myself. The only thing I missed was, you know, like you go to the stores and you get to peruse and you get to look at baby things. I had to do all that stuff online. But as far as my doctor's appointments and still being able to go to work. It was fine because I made sure I wore my mask and I stayed away from, you know, the general population pretty much, like the, the like the general areas. Yeah. 
Yeah, but just like when going to doctor's appointments, nobody could go in with her. Yeah, and you have to wear your mask. And if you had a temperature, you couldn't go in. And even working at the hospital, you go in, you get your temperature checked, and then you get a little thing saying you got your temperature checked. So I always knew my status every day. But it was funny. When I went to um, give birth, the lady walks in, because I just took my COVID test. So the lady walks in the room, and she said, I have bad news. And I was like, I got COVID? And she was like, no, you have to take magnesium. I was like, oh, but who says that? Like, you got bad news after I just took a COVID test? So that made me scared, because I was like, all this time I've been good. Why would I have it now? So that was my only scary moment. <laughs> so during delivery, because, well, I ain't had a baby in 100 years. But during de during delivery, was there was mom able to be there with you? Was the baby's dad able to be there? Well, with the you? baby's father has chosen not to be a participant, so I'm going to let him not be a participant until he's ready to come. But mom, but he also knew COVID or no COVID, my mother was going to be the support system just because he gives me anxiety. I need somebody that can keep wow. me calm. And with all the events that led up to her delivery, I needed my mother because it was just it was a lot. So, but my mother was my support person. Um, she was able to go in with me to, to the um, operating room. And you know how even babies that get whisked off to the NICU, they still get to see their child. I didn't even get to see her. Like they didn't bring her to me or nothing. So I didn't know what she looked like. I heard her because she cried, but I didn't know nothing. So I was like, Ma, you gotta go look at it. You gotta go see her. So then they let her go up at like 10 o'clock at night and see her. And she's, she's eight pounds. She was eight pounds, six ounces at birth. But it was just because of her respiratory, she needed to um, get evaluated. Right. Yeah. Oof, child, this is a lot. I've been through a lot, a whole lot. And I'm still going through. But I try to have a smile on my face. I have um, a good support system when it comes to my family and my friends. And I'm just thankful for um, my daughter. And we're just going to live the best life we possibly can. And those that want to be involved can, and those that don't, don't have to be. <laughs> I know baby is new. Do you think there'll be another procedure to have another baby? I would not do it. If only way I would do it is because I paid for the whole thing. So I, I took out my 401k. I worked at two jobs. Everything that I paid for was me or my parents. So if I do it again, the father has to part country because I'm not paying for it. No. Okay. So this may or may not be the only one. No, it might not be the only one. But if I'm paying for it, it's going to be the only one. Okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. So what did you name her? Huh? So what did you name her? So her name is Ariel, which means lioness of God, because she's a Leo. And then Maria means miracle in Spanish. And it's hyphenated. And then Wren, which means brown songbird. So she's Ariel Maria Wren Richburg. Oh, wow. Very creative. <laughs> I, like, I like names with meaning. Mm-hmm. You can't yeah. And she's spelled E-R-I. E-L-L-E, -L -L -E, and I'm Erica Michelle, so it's my first and my middle together. Ah, okay. <sighs> so how has she been sleeping? Oh, she sleeps wonderful. Yesterday she decided to stay up between four and six, just laughing and playing, but usually she'll sleep, you know, she'll eat her bottle or drink her bottle, then she'll go to sleep, and like an hour before she's ready for her next bottle, she wakes up 
so I can change her and then she'll go back to sleep. So she's put, I have her on a schedule, but she wakes up according to her schedule. And then her bath time's at six o'clock and then her bottle feeding's at seven. And then we just keep, keep on. It's so funny. Erica had a baby and she's doing just like I did my four. My four was on schedule, clock, work. <laughs> I'm mm -hmm. like, I had this because that's the only way I could do it and work. And that's she doing it already. We started the schedule in the hospital. Yep. So she eats every three hours and she's she wakes herself up. So, but like I said, between four and six, she was like, I ain't going to sleep. I'm wide awake. So we were just playing and talking and laughing because she's funny. And then she finally went back to sleep. So then she was off her schedule by an hour. So instead of having her bottle at seven, she had it at eight. But she wakes up and is ready to go. And she doesn't like to be wet. So that's a good thing. So she's going to be easy to potty train. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So this was so good. Um, I don't. I, I do think that some women are ashamed that when they can't, you either can have kids or you can't have kids. And then when you realize you can't, you just, I guess, settle for this is going to be my life. Mm -hmm. But I, I can't have kids. And I think, I mean, I was able to have kids with no problem, but so many women in our community are not. Mm -hmm. They're just, they're hoping, wishing, wanting a baby and then desiring a baby and looking at everybody around them, not knowing what to do. Um, not no, not even having anybody to even talk to or even mm -hmm. consider talk to because it's just a shame to not be able to say, man, I, I can't have, I'm not, I've been having sex, whether I'm married or not married and I want this baby. Mm -hmm. They don't even have the gumption to even go into the doctor and say, maybe it's, maybe it's me, maybe it's him, but maybe it's me because i know a young lady she about to have her second baby first baby was i think she looked she almost a year if not a year old but she was she was engaged for a long time she couldn't have kids they told her she wouldn't have kids but baby year old mm -hmm. at that and I, I say all the time you didn't have babies before because god didn't mean for you to have babies before yeah this is your time she got one and now she's pregnant again no. the first baby honey wasn't even a year old i'm like what's up this is just the right time so you mentioned that there are several support groups that you were in that went mm -hmm. through the process with you do you know if there are any support groups um for women who aren't able to conceive to maybe help them move to the next step of considering the options that they may have available? The majority of my um, support groups are on Facebook. So like just depending on what your circumstances are. So like I have the the, the bypass the gastric sleeve pregnancy support group. I got the IVF support group. I got the um, pregnancy after IVF support group. So those, oh, and also PCOS insulin resistance support group. So those are mine. And then also when I was going through Shady Grove, there was an actual in-person, you know, we would meet every Thursday and talk, you know, about how we're feeling and what we're thinking and what we're going through. 
So it's just having somebody that you can talk to. A lot of people, they have the stigma like, oh, it's not natural. Like if they're religious, you know, oh, God wouldn't like that. Because one thing I didn't do, I didn't select the gender. I would never select the gender. I wanted whatever it was going to be, it was going to be. But, you know, you're playing with God and all that stuff. So it's just you just have to know what you want. And don't let nobody talk you out of it. <laughs> you know, don't let other people be like, if they're in ignorance and non-education, you know, just do your own education and then teach the people that don't know. So, so I was surprised when you said religion because so many times religion holds us hostage. Yep. Um, traditions hold us hostage. And I believe in God. I believe in Jesus Christ. And I don't always talk about my faith but it's so important in the decision-making. But if God didn't mean for certain things to happen, he certainly, he he certainly would have allowed anybody to create it. Absolutely. <laughs> and so like my shirt that I have on, it says, nature said no, science said maybe, but God said yes. So even at the end of the day, God still has the final say, you know, so, and I'm thankful and whoever is going through, you know, you're having sex regularly and it's not working like six months or depending on your age. So six months if you're older and in a year if you're younger. But if nothing happens, go to your doctor and say, what can I do? You know, what, you know, because like I said, I started with just time intercourse and clomid. So maybe that's all that person may need just to help them ovulate. So it just depends, you know, you might not have to go all the way to IVF, but if you do have to go to IVF, IVF is available, you know, so it's just being open and just enjoying, not enjoying the journey, but knowing that it is a journey and it will be okay at the end. And, and I come from the business perspective. If you're getting a new job, make sure they, they got policies with IVF. Yes. You between jobs, cause it can be from, paying 20,000 plus to paying 6,000 to paying a couple thousand. Yes, because when I was with one company, um, I, John, I was with a Johns Hopkins company. So mm -hmm. that was good, but the, the co-pays and the, the actual cost of the procedure was still too much for me in my budget. So like, so even though I was able to do like the surgery and all that stuff to actually pay for my IVF, I really couldn't afford it. So then I got another job as a teacher and I, it was a little bit better, but it wasn't the best. And then they, and then in the middle of my coverage, mind you, so the, January is when I started April, I had my surgery. I went back like the, the third of April and May, they switched the coverage to Kaiser. Well, Kaiser didn't cover nothing when it came to fertility medication or the procedure. So I, I get insurance. So just in case something bad happens, I have it, but I couldn't continue. So then I found me a job that had great fertility coverage where I'm at right now. And I only paid 600, my copay for my, um, my deductible for my for my prescription was $75. And then every time I went to the doctor, it was 60 for my specialty. So like that was more affordable. And I got my baby. So you just have to really look at the policy. If you don't understand, because I don't understand sometimes, ask somebody that does understand. I'm like, Ma, can you look at this? Tell me which one is the best one. <laughs> yeah, you know. because a lot of people think it's for the rich and famous, but it, having their health care makes a big difference. You can be regular. Regular McDonald's, regular, and you got the right insurance, you can do it yep. in your budget. Yeah, yep. I remember working for AT and T. Well, it was singular first, and then it was yeah. 
feet. And um, the girls, so many girls were having babies. And one said, man, $25 for a baby? I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> she said that's all she paid to have her little baby. Well, yeah. I mean, that's all you paid to get it here, but you <laughs> pay whatever to keep it you know alive <laughs> but still but still you do you want to you don't want to think there's only something for the rich and famous because the, the whole thing i think with erica's story is letting people know working at the place with the right insurance can make it possible for anybody yeah when so i didn't know that before so many people don't know their insurance so right. when, I, when i worked at um did internet technical support well, I was going to school for medical billing and coding, healthcare and insurance stuff. So when it came time to choose insurance, everybody on my team knew. So they would be, well, which one should I pick? I have this going on, that going on. Well, no, you don't want that that one. You mm -hmm. want this. So it's important to know the benefits of your benefits. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. That's a hidden message. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Queen Natasha and Queen Erica for joining thank you. Um, on Queendom Conversations because this is definitely a table conversation because we just assume we're going to be able to have kids and mm -hmm. sometimes we are, but not the conventional way. It is a journey to have babies and because they are such a blessing, they are worth the journey to take to get them. That's true. Yes. That's true. Thank you so much for having us. We appreciate it. So what would be the words that you would like um, the listeners to have from you? Both, either, both of you or either one of you when it comes to mm -hmm. um, the process. I just like, I just like, I just like people to really to understand Anything is affordable when you understand your rights. And I don't want to be this, get the vote out, but I really mean vote. This vote can be the difference of you having health care or not having health care. And if you really want a baby, you need good health care. Because all of us, I ain't rich. All of us aren't rich like that. And having good health care can make it possible for you. And we never stop believing that this day would happen. And we should know it was gonna happen because in the room, Erica was calling on Jesus. I was. She was calling on Jesus. So we we thank God for the opportunity for everything that's happened so far. And we believe anybody listening to this, hear hope in our voice, yeah. hear hope in this message. And here's hope for everybody. You don't have to be wealthy to have this level of hope. Yeah. Erica, you got anything or you in agreement with your mom? I'm in agreement with my mother, but I also just say, you know, anything worth having is worth putting in effort. So you just got to keep working and keep trying. And, you know, if this doesn't work, then try that. Like, don't give up. Keep trying. If the money's not there, you know, just keep maneuvering and figure out how you can do it. Because I had to work two and three jobs when it was that $5,000 just for me to do my procedure. But I was determined I was going to save that money. So, like, just whatever your situation is, just keep working and it will happen. It might not happen the way you want it to, but mm -hmm. it will happen. Mm -hmm. All right. So, thank you, um, ladies, for coming. And thank you to, to my listeners for listening to Queendom 
conversations. We're talking about the stuff your mama didn't tell you about. <laughs> Nobody told you about. So next show, bring your mama now. So they uh-huh. can be up <laughs> so on So until next time, good night. Good night. Thank you. Good night.